Okay, quick question. Which type of person are you? Are you the type of person when life just does not work out, be it going to university, going to a certain career path or or work or moving? I mean, you've made those life plans and they are clearly not going to happen the way you wanted them to. Are you the type of person that is going to force it anyway? I mean, make it happen, you know, sink or swim. You know, I'm going to make it happen because I said that's the way it's going to be. And you decide that that's what you want and you pursue it almost blindly. Are you the type of person that when things just don't go as planned, you take it super personal? You might even list yourself a long list of all your inadequacies and and beat yourself up until you're in a place that you're just really, really sad, depressed, and, and alone even. Well, no matter how you handle qadr, yes, that's what I'm talking about, qadr, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wills for us something that we don't necessarily want or have planned for ourselves. You know, there's a way we can handle it a bit more gracefully. And yes, we'd all love to say we were that good Muslim when things don't go our way that we just say alhamdulillah and we accept it and we move on. But that's not the case for many of us. But we we want to get to that place, the place that the Quran and Sunnah tells us to. But in our busy modern life, how do we fit in all that logic when there's seemingly time for nothing? And how do we kind of get ourselves to accept things that we can't necessarily accept? We're going to talk about that today, and I'm going to give you a bit of advice of, yes, how we can handle it more gracefully and bring a bit more joy and a a lot less pain in our life. There's some things we could be doing that are super simple to turn it around. Take a listen. Hello, Sam alaikum. Thank you for joining us here at Mindful Muslima Speaks, the podcast where we are empowering women and not just women. Actually, this week it is women and men to grow and thrive, especially on the topic of love. If you don't already know me, my name is Mindful Muslima and I'm a licensed educator of 20 years and kind of a big mom to the uh, brothers and sisters or big uh, hala, big auntie to the brothers and sisters of the community. And this month we've been doing a love series and it's actually been geared towards men and women, although my usual uh, audience is women. Um, This topic is on for both and for that reason we popped off our uh, we opened up the doors to our challenge today super excited men and women from all over the world uh, France Netherlands Canada Kenya Pakistan uh, Denmark I think we had um, a couple a couple more I can't remember every minute another person's coming in um, it's a closed group so sorry guys uh, the people that are in are in and we're doing a five-day challenge so very excited to connect with them today I put in the first challenge and inshallah I'm so excited to to see what they come up with the um challenge is basically helping us to find a spouse like an expert and by the end of the challenge they're going to get a wealth of free resources and also um information on kind of like the five big mistakes the average muslim is making out there when looking for a spouse and kind of why it's all not working out for them and then what they can do instead with tons of uh, access to resources and things like that i'll present to that by the fifth day inshallah ta'ala 
But every day we're doing a, a little mini challenge, super easy, takes five minutes. And in the end, they have a chance to win a $250 prize. So that is in gear. I'm totally in that group and my headspace, I'm kind of like very busy with that group right now. But I still wanted to leave you a message today on this very important topic. Because whether we're talking about love or something else, and I think it can relate to both this and other things in our life, Qadr is a huge part, right? It's, it's, it's one of the tenets of Islam that we're, we're taught to understand that there is the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's the way things are just going to happen, and, and we have to understand how to better manage when we feel like life just doesn't go our way. And I kind of mentioned that a little bit in the intro. But today what I want to do is I want to give you like two stories to kind of drive the point home. Two like mini stories. And then right after that, I'm going to give you advice on how to handle other more gracefully. How to handle when life isn't going so well. How to get out of that, that rut that you're in. Those sad feelings, that anxiety, that frustration a bit easier. Like what are the key things the two things you kind of need to make sure that you're doing and uh, yeah they're they're really important so I really really can't wait to get to the end so by the end I'll put that but first let's start off with the two stories so what is going to be my own personal story for myself another one is going to be for a sister this one is regarding um career for myself and some things that I, I was having frustration with and the second one is a sister and a marriage situation that I thought would be totally relevant because we're doing the love series, so we can kind of tie in both, inshallah ta'ala. If you're not looking for love and you're not in career, believe me, it doesn't matter because these both will just drive the point home that whether you're a mother or a, a, a student in university, it doesn't matter. These lessons apply to everyone. So let's get right into them. Um, so... For myself, um, I wanted to. Oh, by the way, I didn't. I'm not going to give a formal shout out today, but I did want to give a shout out to um, one particular person that I was. I was impressed with their. Um, how do I say this? They, they're being very determined. There was a particular person. I think that they were having trouble to um, access my group I made that little pop-up group and I mean I could tell from their page and from talking to them you know about the group and joining and looking for a spouse that they they were very serious and you could tell that they're a good practicing brother and I don't usually shout out brothers but because we're in this like uh this thing where we're as a community right now working towards you know helping ourselves with looking for marriage um I wanted to shout him out because I thought that he was very polite but he was very persistent <laughs> that he really you know wanted to partake in the challenge and um, it's open, like I said, to men and women. And so shout out to Brother Assad for, for really like saying, no, this is something I want to do and I want to make sure I, I learn this information and I get it. So I want to say uh, Jazakallah here for your patience for whatever reason. He, we, we were able to make sure he got into the group. And I'm, I'm very, uh, you know, glad that we have brothers that are trying to make sure that, you know, he's not just trying to get in the group. This group is to help teach us to learn how to get married by the Sunnah the proper way and how to deal with all like the modern stuff and the family and all that stuff that comes with it and all these, these different struggles in the modern day. And, and you could tell when somebody's really dedicated to learning. So Jazakumullah khairan, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guide us all to the best of ways and may Allah find you a spouse that is the coolness of your eyes. Inshallah Okay, so the first story I want to share with you is for myself. Okay, so many of you might have heard before I had a previous podcast and it had kind of a funny title and the title was, um, it was episode 71. You have to check it out because it's quite interesting and it gives you a lot about my background of myself if you're interested, but um, it's called um, basically, oh, how to survive calamity, how to put mean girls 
and Fortune 500 companies in their place. And it has a kind of funny title, but it's 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 actually it's not exactly like that. It's a it's a story, and you'll see it's it's quite a funny one. But it is amazing how Allah Subhanahu wa Taala, when I surrendered to His Qadr, what He did for me. And it's kind of like my own like little testimony to that, and my own personal life with those two stories that were crazy. And if you you don't already know, I worked for some six figure companies, some big you know diplomats, and all types of things. And in these two stories, I kind of explain how things went. A, a certain way and how I had to succumb to the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and by that he came through in ways I couldn't imagine so alhamdulillah that's like another extension if you want to go into that one episode 71 check it out um, but basically what I'm going to share about this story today is that um, and, and another thing you can check out just to give you more backstory I'm not going to go into so much detail with this one today um, I did a podcast recently I mentioned it on my last podcast where I told my love story with my husband you guys are still DMing me about that one um, I, I told you about this podcast interview that I recently did with the uh, podcast A Muslim Mom and uh, we talked a lot about when I was younger and I was like more career driven, like many women are today, you know, feeling like I have to go out there, be like this. I wouldn't say astaghfirullah feminist or something like that, but like this very driven Muslima who, you know, like should be doing all this crazy career and stuff outside of the home. When I was younger and I was very geared into that, um, I, I went through a lot of struggles, especially with Qadr. And if you want to hear like the long story of that in the detail, she's going to be releasing that I think January 10th. If you go to my last podcast on my husband, I put that in the show notes, the link to that but today what I want to just say about this is this part of my life I think the thing that for me was I was that person who was driven who was like I'm gonna make it work whether it's really working or not and so the gist of that story that I told in in the interview that you could check out when it's released is basically that I as a woman I just kept fighting the fight even though everything was broken. Like my husband had given me the sign. He said, we need you. We miss you. Because I was working long hours. You know, a lot of people don't realize, guys, when you move up the ladder in the, in the world of, of career, the, the bigger the money, the more demand, the more people feel they own you, the more people are requiring from you in that position, which means a lot less time in the house. And what a lot of famous people out there that make it or people who have these big jobs don't talk about are their relationships. A lot of their relationships fall apart. A lot of divorce happens. And, and, I, and I cited in that particular company I was in, by the way, it was such a big company that Bill Gates paid my salary. Yes, so subhanAllah. And as a Muslim coming in, and I'm in a very, very important position, and you don't tell no to these people, and you're told to do everything. But as a female, I knew that I had to also have my role as a wife and mother. So there's this delicate balance I had to learn to do. I learned it the hard way, which is why I'm telling you, um, you know, at the time, and alhamdulillah, my husband is amazing. So he, he was very patient um, and he loves me so much. So he's so good about it. But he, he, he voiced his opinion and I listened. My husband never complains. He's a very good guy. But when he finally did, I knew that meant something. And so it, it caught me and I said, okay. Or when my children, I mentioned uh, in the story, my children said more than once, I think in a particular week, and I think that caught my eye, they said, mommy, do you love me? And if a child has to ask you that, it means something is wrong. So these are my olden days. These are my days when I bought into this idea, this Western modernity, where I'm supposed to strive to the point where I neglect my home. Because it's very hard to balance both. 
And what we learned, I did a recent post on my IG stories where I, I mentioned uh, Khadija radiallahu anha and how she was a businesswoman driven and all this stuff. But guess what, guys? She had a balance. And this was the lesson I learned from, uh, from the mother of the believers. She is this beautiful lesson for us that you can be a beautiful uh, career woman, but you must never put the sunnah over the fard. It is not required of me to take care monetarily for the house as a female. So why am I driven like this is my first job? No, my first job is to be a beautiful mother and a beautiful wife. And these jobs are not domesticated and uh, what is this, oppressive and all this nonsense. People try to tell us. I don't know why people buy into these narratives. It's ridiculous. They're extremely rewarding, extremely beneficial. The women who don't have these, who go career-driven, they end up in extreme states of sadness, loneliness. Um, you know, they look back later. A lot, many women, I watch them do interviews at 50 and 60, like they missed a lot. And when you miss that boat to watch your children grow and to share these beautiful moments with your husband, you cannot get these back and they're precious. So I learned that balance. And uh, one of the best examples is our, our, our mother, uh, the, the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, wife Khadija and so yeah I tried to force 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 and I realized that there was not a balance and that was Allah was trying to tell me that this particular job or that particular situation is not working out for you and I forced it to the point where I could have ended up divorced but I Allah gave me signs and alhamdulillah because I was mindful and again that's why we have this uh, channel called mindful muslima not because i'm professing i'm mindful guys it's because this is what we should be striving to be mindful conscious people of taqwa right muraqaba we have to be these things and if we are we will find the happiness and peace we have been looking for but we have to take that jump so the other story I want to tell you is one with a sister and this is very relevant to the love story because this one this sister like she was set on marrying this particular guy have you ever met people like that like oh I'm gonna marry this one this guy or this girl and they were just set and it all the signs were not aligned everything was not working out but they were insistent some people are just insistent that they will marry a particular person but what happened was not so good so as um as many of you know i i do a lot of work with a lot of um muslims in the community i have like a long you know life of that for the past two decades and there was one particular sister that that crossed my path and she she came to me for advice and she said, I want to marry this particular guy. And, and the women actually now even, they message me a lot about this. They have a particular person they're interested in, their parents will let them, right? For whatever reason. Sometimes the parents are being extreme and cultural and not Islamic, and that is the case. But sometimes people are just insistent on a particular person, even if all the signs are there that are like red flags, right? So this particular sister, she said, I'm insisting on marrying this particular guy. And she, I said, okay, um, tell me more. What do you, you know, can you explain? So she went through the details, right? So by the end, I said to her, sister, you know, I just want to tell you some things I'm noticing. And I just wanted you to take note of them as well. So I, I showed her this, 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 this. And I said to her, in all honesty, I wouldn't advise this one. I feel like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is trying to telling, tell you a sign or many signs, to be honest, that this is just not going to work out. She was like, no, no, sister, it will. You don't know him. He's like this. No, you don't know his family. They're like that. It will work out. It will. So I said, okay, sister, um, it seems like you're quite confident and you've already made your decision. 
So you ask my opinion, I told you, and, and you feel this way. May Allah give you the best in the dunya and the akhirah. And I left her because I, I, I cannot tell anyone what to do. I just gave her my sincere idea. right? And so she goes on and I didn't hear from her. Kind of like if you ever heard my uh, podcast on Sarah's story. Sometimes people come to me with things and they, and they go off. And then they come back later and I get to see how that transpired, right? SubhanAllah. So she comes back and she was not in a good state. And this was a while after, maybe like a year, maybe a year or two. And she, I said, sister, alaikum, how's everything? What's with you? And she's like destroyed. You could just see it all over her face. I said, sister, sister, is everything all right? And she went on to explain how it was not all right at all. She ends up forcing herself to marriage this person, even though like all the signs were there that they shouldn't. And I, I go through signs like this, guys, again, in like my course, I'm having that group with the private group in the webinar because I can't I can't spend all my time, you know, going into the, the, the rough details of everything on a quick podcast. But these are things I go through, like all the signs that you should avoid. Right. Especially in the I have a webinar coming January 7th in Shalta. If you want, check it out. DM me. I'll, I'll give you more information. But for now, let's just say she um, she 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 didn't adhere to the signs. Right. The Qadr for her, she tried to force it. And she had a mix of the, the, when I remember in the introduction, I mentioned some people force things and some people, they blame themselves. And I feel like she was a combination of the two, actually. She tried to force it. She did. And then after it didn't work out, then she blamed herself and she got into a deep sadness and a deep depression. She lost trust for every guy. There's no more good guys out there. I'm not going to find anyone. This guy did this, so that. And I said, well, in the end, you know, like what happened? What did he do? She said, well, first of all, he cheated on me. She said, second of all, their family was horrible and they were so much in our business. They were fighting with us all the time. He would side with them and never go with me. And in the end, my life was miserable. And, you know, like, I guess they broke it off. I didn't get the details of who broke it off on how. But the, the point is, all those signs were there. We had discussed them. That, you know, and, and it's not bad for families to be involved, just so we know. It's not bad for these things. But the truth is also we have to pay attention to when, if these families are compatible with us. You know, see, we're all raised in different ways, in different cultures. And, like, one of the things I go through in, like, module one of my courses, like, self-reflection. And then uh, of yourself and the way you're raised and the way you believe and what you adhere to. And we get to the point, where like, who am I and what are my my non-negotiables and things like that and then when we get into like the next module where and the next one with like looking at the other person and if they're compatible and then looking at the family and if they're compatible and about how to deal with my family and if my family be compatible with them we go through all this detail and we get to the point where we're like okay you can see clearly if someone is going to work out with you or not you know alhamdulillah it's so easy if we just follow the the way the method but she didn't want to adhere to any of that. She said, it'll work out. I'll force it. It'll work. And she didn't say, I'll force it. But that's what she was doing. And in the end, it was horrible. And she suffered a lot. And now she's scarred. Suffered a lot. She's scarred. She doesn't trust men. She thinks all men will be like this. And that's that. But I want to end the podcast here in giving some advice that I gave to myself and to her and to all of you in different situations on how like that, that way of thinking is not true. And let me, let me tell you a better way we can approach difficult life situations where we're forced to do things a certain way we did not plan when life happens in a way that we could have not predicted or maybe we could have predicted but we ignored. But the point is we had a plan 
But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he had another plan. Allah gave her all the signs that that person was not good for her. But she didn't know how to read them. Or if she did know how to read them, even when she asked me, she didn't adhere to them. She didn't listen. And that's our problem. You know, we're like ghafilun. We're like sleepwalking. We're not paying attention. And, and, and we're, we're, not, we're not living Islam, right? So, and for myself, I was just adamant that I could figure it out. But I remind myself, you know, my younger self, uh, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he talks in the Quran about those they deem themselves self-sufficient. Those ones they think they can figure it out on their own. They don't need the guidance that Islam has put forth for us. This is also the ignorant thinking. And I was ignorant at that time. But alhamdulillah, I learned so much now and, and I have a completely different approach. And so subhanAllah, the advice I want to give you are two things, two simple things. And this is the secret that people don't realize. And, and we try to go about it different ways. But I'm going to tell you the truth. This is something, these two things you cannot avoid in order to feel better about whatever's happening to you in your life. You, you have to have these in order to feel better and to have an easier time in handling life situations. So the, to, 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 to tell you what they are, the first one is I want to tell you a mini background story so you can understand. Many of you know I was uh, working a lot in the community and I used to have some like halaqa and like, uh, excuse me, halaqa in uh, usra. And I was in aqiba for those, um, for many years in different masajid. And one of the things I love to do, like have fun with the sisters, is we used to do something called a trust fall, okay? A trust fall. If you guys don't know what a trust fall, they're actually really fun. And it's a good way to see if your friends are like real friends. No, I'm just joking. But what happens is you have one person, they stand up and they put their hands out and they have to fall back. And there's going to be two or three people behind them and their job is to catch them. Now, it sounds easy enough. Someone will fall. Someone will be caught. But there is a lot of psychology involved in that. Someone falling, someone catching, someone trusting they're going to catch, right? So at first, everybody who did it, they were all the girls. They're super giggly. They're laughing. No, I don't want to do it. Oh, oh, yeah. And they act like they're going to fall. But then they, 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 at the last minute, they decide not to trust the girls behind them. And no, no, what if they drop me? What if I fall? What if I break my head? What if, what if, what if? So finally, a couple of them. They decided they were going to do it. So they went back and alhamdulillah, the sisters behind them caught them. And they, they were like, oh, that wasn't so horrible. Then they did it again and they did it again. And, and then by the th- third time, maybe it was fun. It was fun even. It's kind of like at first they were so fearful they couldn't enjoy it. But by the second or third time, it was almost like a game, a, a, like enjoyment. It's kind of reminds me of like those people who like to like bungee jump. Like if they have the nerve to do it, they do it. And then it's extremely scary. But once they can relax and enjoy not that I'm advising bungee jumping, guys. Believe me, I'm not. But I'm trying to say it's that mix of like... Like, I don't know, like like that hope and fear, that, that, that part of the mu'min when like you, you're going to be scared and, and, but you're also hopeful and, you know, subhanAllah. It reminds me also of the baby. One sheikh was talking about how it's the moment like when you throw the baby, if any of your parents, you take the baby and you toss the baby in the air and the baby's face, watch the baby as their face goes in the air when you toss them high, not too high, obviously, alhamdulillah, but you toss them up like as a game, like, you know. And the baby's face goes from joy to fear, joy to fear, joy to fear. And one sheikh said, this is life. This moment, the baby's face, where you're mixing between like the the khafurajah, like the hope and the fear, you know, subhanAllah. And the good mu'min, they have a balance of that, you know. There's a whole different meaning for that, but I'm just saying there's this subhanAllah, this moment, right, of truth. So uh, I did this game with the girls, but why? What does this have to do with Qadr? It's very simple. When you 
have to make a decision that requires you to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not yourself, it's a very difficult decision. In that moment, you're like, but what if it doesn't work out? You have to completely trust Allah that He's Kareem, that He knows the ghaib, He knows what's good for you. If all the signs are there that you should go to a certain university and all the doors for every other university have closed but that one, and you feel you made a sikhara and you feel compelled to go, you go and you say, Ya Allah, I trust you. But the thing is, it's hard to do that, right? And the secret, the first advice I give you, the secret is, the only way to be better at it is to practice it. When the sister, she fell the first time, it was hard for her. She was very scared. But when she saw that the sisters would catch her, and she was just fine, like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the first time we give him a big trust, and he catches us, subhanallah, he does more for us and security than we can understand. It makes it so much easier the second time and the third time to fall into his arms, or excuse me, astaghfirullah, not his arms, but you know what I mean, into his will and to see how good he can make our life become. But the first one is, you have to actually do it. You have to actually try. And the second one is, we have to truly understand that we have to have that trust. We have to have that trust and without that trust and understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows the best and we have to submit to him. So without submitting and trusting, our life will constantly feel like a disappointment. We'll constantly have pain. We'll constantly have fears. What's going to happen next? We'll constantly have sadness, depression, unhappiness. If you're experiencing these, ask yourself, am I trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? When he gives me these big life situations, am I doing the trust fall or am I too scared to fall back and put my arms out and let Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala carry me to where I need to go? And, you know, sometimes the last thing I will say is, you know, we need to understand that we will not always get what we want and we shouldn't want to you know one of the best things I, I learned and I want you to know is that we need to know that sometimes us not getting what we want is the best thing that ever will happen to us sometimes we want a piece of the cake but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants to give us the whole cake but we, we're reaching for something less something inadequate you know and he wants to give us so much barakah, so much blessing, more. But we can't see the ghaib. We can't see that blessing because it's behind a veil. And Allah is seeing how we trust him. All right. So I want to tell you that if we only knew, our life would be easier. But the two things we must incorporate, or you will not see a difference in your emotion and your feeling in your life, is one, you have to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You have to trust him. And understand that he knows better. And you have to make that something you actually believe. But the way to do that is the second thing, which is by practicing it. You have to practice. You have to practice. If you don't practice in trusting Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you will never see what he could do for you. And when I tell you episode 71, the whole like surviving calamity, how I deal with mean girls and put them in their place, that was me after five trust falls. When I did that move, that was after like five or six situations where Allah showed me he is He is in charge. I know if I just wake up in the morning, I do my adhkar, I do everything Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told me, the dua for the, the protection from the people who are harming me, I knew he would take care of me and I did it and subhanallah, you can see the details of the results. So I wanted to end with that today, but I wanted you guys to know that sometimes it is hard. Life feels hard, but the more we trust, the easier it will become. And you can't see that till you've done it. If right now you're reluctant to trust, that's why you're still in the place where you are. Free yourself.
That's what I did. It is incredible. The difference your life will change. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for you. And like I said, guys, if you want to participate and get more information about any of the details I spoke about, um, you know, you can DM me. I'll try to give you any links I can for whenever the webinar comes up or the course. But I want you to know we have to actively seek this knowledge. Like how I mentioned the Asad, he, he sought it. He, he said, I'm hungry for it. I want to know. So may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala make it easy for us to learn, make it easy for us to trust Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and to trust ourselves in the process. Jazakum Allahu khairan. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.